in health and fitness, in just about anything in life, once you know your end goal is, once you know where you're going and you make that commitment, we enter into those commitments with this joy and dedication. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to the Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello, and welcome to the Author's Corner. I am your host, Robin Colucci, and... Today, we are going to talk about reinvention. So, one of the big reasons why a lot of people that I know and have worked with decide to go ahead and write and publish a book is that they are recreating themselves. They are reinventing their lives, their careers, moving from one path to another. And a book can be a powerful tool to help facilitate this reinvention, this recreation of you. And so today, I've invited to join us Alan Misner. Now, Alan started out as a finance guy, right? A finance guy working in corporate. And right now, Alan has reinvented himself as a fitness expert. So Coach Allen is a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer. He's a precision nutrition level one coach and a functional aging institute certified functional aging specialist. He's gone on to earn specialties in fitness nutrition, corrective exercise, behavior change, performance enhancement, and online personal training. But before all that, Allen came to a realization one day that after years of working in accounting, that he had gotten out of shape and out of touch with what he felt was really important in life. And so one of the ways that Alan helped reinvent himself and launch this new career in health and fitness where he's really enjoying himself is he authored a book called The Wellness Roadmap. A straightforward guide to health and fitness after 40. And today I talked to Alan about this reinvention, about this transformation, and what it was like for him. And for those of you who might be considering reinventing yourself, especially, I think you'll find some great pearls of wisdom. So enjoy. So, Alan, welcome to the author's corner. Thank you, Robin. I really appreciate being here. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. And what really inspired me to invite you to come on the show today is your background and how you got into the field of fitness and ended up writing your book, The Wellness Roadmap. And I'd love for you to share with our audience your journey of what happened and it got you to where you are now. Well, thank you, Robin, for asking, but I went through, I would say about a 10-year period of time where I just felt incomplete. I knew I should be doing something better. I was really successful in my career. I was an internal auditor. I'd made it up to the C-suite, vice president, the salary, the perks and everything, traveling around the world. So I did a lot of exciting things. 
But in the corporate environment, when things are not going well for that particular corporation, it's an uncomfortable place to be, especially when you're making the decisions or whether someone has a job after New Year's Eve or not. And it just seemed like every year that was happening. And every company I went to, that was happening. And so I was just looking at my career and saying, okay, I've got the career. I feel fine with it, but I'm incomplete. And so I started working on me, you know, me, my physical wellness. Well, hang on a second, because okay. I know from checking out your book, there was a trip that you took that seemed to be pivotal. Yeah. There were two, really. The first oh, okay. one, I was in Mexico. Yeah, I was in I wanna, Mexico. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so I grew up sort of an athlete. and It was really kind of bouncing around. I had the brain to make grades, but I also just wanted to play sports. And so I always thought of myself as an athlete. And I was about 39 years old, and I went down to Mexico. And I'm like, okay, I have to force myself to take this vacation because it's a a charged person. I wasn't taking vacations. So I'm like, I'm taking this vacation. I'm going down to this resort. And they had volleyball on the list. And I was like, that's awesome. I want to play volleyball. I haven't played volleyball in, I don't know, seven, eight years. And I go out there to start playing and quite literally feel like I'm about to die. Hmm. And so I, I subbed out and it's something I never had to do. I would sub out if someone else needed to get in and play for fairness sake of let people play. But I'd never had to sub out because I just wasn't fit enough to play the sport. And that was eye-opening when I realized how far I had fallen from who I thought I was. I was really good at my job, and I thought I was fit, and I thought I was healthy, and I thought I was happy, but I'm sitting there on the beach, and I'm just realizing I'm fat, I'm not healthy, I'm not fit, and I'm miserable. I am just completely miserable with my life. And so I started thinking I needed to change and I made a decision to change. And then I kept trying to change and none of that came together. None of that worked for me until I woke up one morning. I was on another trip. This time I was in Malaysia for work and I woke up and I was hungover and fat and just like, again, same place eight years later. And I told myself, I'm like, why can I be successful at certain things? And I haven't been successful at this. What is different? And that's when it hit me. When you're taking the CPA exam, which is actually a really hard exam, and I took it and I wanted to pass it the first time and I wanted the good grade and I wanted that, I got it. And I was like, okay, so why was I successful at something that everybody else has a hard time with? And why is this, which yes, everybody seems to have a hard time with, what's different? And the reality is neither of them was really different when I really broke it down. It was a problem. It required time, effort, and investment. And I was like, I haven't been doing any of that. I haven't committed to the idea of being well and being happy. And that's when it hit me. I was like, I have to change everything about the way I live my life, even if it's just for a short period of time, to accomplish this thing. And that just flipped a switch in me. And another big thing that was happening that kind of drove this home for me was my daughter was getting into CrossFit and obstacle course races and all the things I would have done. We didn't have those when I was a kid. Right. Uh, we did 5Ks <laughs> and other stuff, sports. I didn't have that, but I was like, she's basically me 20 <laughs> years later. And I'm like, she wants me to come watch her do these events. 
And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Again, you know, it's that inner person of me saying, no, I don't want to be a spectator in your life. I want to be a participant in your life. Yeah. And so I put a big audacious goal in front of myself of doing a Tough mutter, which is a 12 and a half mile obstacle course race in the mud, like 25 obstacles. And here I'm going to do it with, not just do it with my 21-year-old daughter. I want to keep up with her. I don't want to slow her down. I want her to have a great race and I don't have to think about me. I want to be there and I don't want to hurt doing it the whole time. I want to enjoy myself. So a lot of things going on in my head as far as what that looked like. But I can tell you there are certain days that when I think about my daughter, I think about times we've had together, her birth, her wedding, and finishing that tough mutter holding her hands. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Those are the things. They just resonate in my soul. And both our daughters are getting married this year. Becca's already gotten married. Summer's getting married soon. And we almost know that means grandbabies can't be too far away. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so I don't know what they're going to be doing in 15, 20 years. And yeah, I'll be 65, 70 years, maybe 75 years old but I won't want to be a spectator in their life either. So as I look at wellness, it's this forward vision of, oh, I need to be that person. And to be that person 15, 20 years from now, I need to do these things today. I need to plant the tree <laughs> that I want to sit under the shade of 20 years from now. And so that's how I like to approach health and fitness. And I was working this corporate job and they were doing all the layoffs and I told my wife, I really don't want to do this anymore. And I actually tried to put myself on the layoff list. Oh, wow. And yeah. they wouldn't take my name. <laughs> they said <laughs> no. Now, next year, they decided to just outsource my entire department. So I was on the list a year later. And I told her, I said, I really don't want to go back to corporate because that's not where I belong. And because I'd made the changes I had made, a lot of people were asking questions. So I had started the podcast. I was kind of training people on the side. I was thinking in terms of a five-year plan, the get out, the retire and have the second career thing. This happened three years. I had a plan. <laughs> so I wasn't financially quite ready for it, but it was one of those things where I said, I just need to make this work. And in thinking through the best ways to get my name out there because the podcast was already doing well. I thought I need a book. I'm interviewing all these authors. And the reason that I have them on my show is that I respect them very much for what they shared. And the best books are the ones that come from their personal experiences where they're sharing something important and then the lesson. And so it really hits your heart because you're like, wow, that happened to me. I resonate with this person's story, and this is how they overcame it. I'm in a similar situation. I now have a blueprint, or in my case, a roadmap for how to get where I want to go. Mm -hmm. And if they can do it, I can do it, right? That's the big... Yeah. Yeah, huge one. And they're like, he was a corporate guy and he was traveling 80, 90% of the time. And just to kind of put that in context, what that basically means is out of every month, I was home maybe three days. Okay. And so you can't hire a trainer if you can't be there, but three days out of the month, they'll tell you, it's not you, you can hire me. Three workouts in a month. And so I'm traveling and it's hotel bars and restaurants and everything. And so I said, I have to figure this out for myself. And it's eight years. And then boom, I figured it out. And I didn't want someone else to have to go through 
eight years. If you are committed to doing this, I wanted to just really lay it out there, how to make it happen step by step. And so I wanted to write the book that took everything I had learned at that point of what worked for me, interviewing by that point, hundreds of authors. I think it was about 160 author interviews at that point. So taking a lot of the concepts from them and saying, okay, these fit, these work, and kind of building it into a structure and a model and then doing the book. And that's what I love. I mean, this what we're talking about, like a total reinvention, right? Because not only did you reinvent your body, right? And get back to the athlete that you were and even better, I guess, probably because it's a lot easier to do when you're 17. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was really, really athletic all the way up to about age 31, 32. And that's when I, the kind of the wheels came off the promotions at work, the extra hours, the extra stress, lots of extra stress. All those were things that kind of just broke me down and took away from who I wanted to be. And I shift all my focus was on that one thing because it seemed to be the most important thing. Grow your career, grow your career, do what's necessary and let everything else just sort of coast. And guess what? If you let it coast, you lose it. Right. It leaves you behind and you don't have it anymore. So once you started writing the book, in what ways did it help really complete that reinvention, right? Of going from CPA numbers guy to personal fitness coach, right? And so tell us about how your process of writing the book helped you build momentum in that way. Yeah. As I was going through it, it was interesting because when you, it's funny, when you write audit reports, they tell you to write in the passive voice. They say, okay, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to upset anybody. So it's, it's this (laughs) passive voice, non-aggressive, don't name names, just kind of be vague, but enough that they know what you're telling them. And so it's a very different writing style, writing an audit report as to writing a book. But I had a writing coach at the time. And if you're not comfortable with your writing style, and your voice, it's. I would strongly encourage you to get a writing coach to start helping you really find your voice. And he kept telling me, he's like, Alan, you have two voices in your head. He's like, you've got one voice that's a storyteller, and then you have this other voice, which is a instructions person. And so he says, we're jumping from story to textbook in a conversation. And I said, well, what do you think about that? He says, well, for you, it works. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I wouldn't say that to a lot of people, but you literally transition from this is the story, this is the to-do. And I'm very direct with, okay, step one, step two, step three. So when it came to outlining the book, it was very easy for me to outline the book. The harder part was finding the stories that really I felt would resonate the most with, because sometimes they do have to be my story, but sometimes you're just telling a story. And so in telling that story, you've got to get someone moving. And then I think that's what's great about story is it, it draws in so much of someone and gets them moving in a direction. And then kind of once you have them going, you have inertia. And so at that point, you just really want to use that inertia to talk them through it. And so in many ways, the voice I started using in the book is a voice I use in my coaching. It's a voice I use myself. So I'll be the first to put it out there. I am nowhere near perfect. (laughs) And I haven't met someone who is yet. So I'm not really upset that I'm number two, but (laughs) 
it's just once I get inertia, I know I'm moving. I know something great's going to happen for me. So I just have to get that inertia. And then I know that's the stories I tell myself. The negative voices sometimes that will tell you, oh, you shouldn't be doing this or you can't do that. When I first started writing the book, I was like, okay, can I really put in the time and the dedication to write a book that I would feel proud to publish? And that was a tough one for me because when you're writing and you're looking back at it and you're like, ah, there's got to be a better way to say that. And then you realize you kind of freeze, you're paralyzed because and so it was, it was really just that point of saying, get momentum, get it going. And then you want to get to the instruction part. Then you want to actually rubber to the road or pen to the paper or fingers to the keyboard, however you like to write or do your thing. I think it's the same way for everything you do. You have to tell yourself the positive story. You have to get yourself moving. And once you're moving, it's so much easier to connect the dots of what you should be doing. And, you know, it's the same with getting in shape, right? Yeah. If you're just on your couch thinking about getting in shape, you're You not made a decision, yeah, but you didn't commit to it. Right. And right. so it was the whole point of me thinking, my daughter is, I'm so proud of her and what she's doing. And then she wants me to watch her do these things. <laughs> yeah. And that it was somewhat of a hit of an ego, but at the same time, there was no way. There was no way at that point in my life I would have been able to do a CrossFit workout. There was no way I would have been able to complete an obstacle course race until I said, okay, what's necessary? So I had the momentum and then I had the big audacious goal. And then I had step one, work on this. Step two, work on that. And so then- I'm sorry, go ahead. So I knew I needed to lose a lot of weight. I lost 66 pounds of fat and I put on 11 pounds of muscle in 11 months. Great. And I have DEXA scan. I mean, I had DEXA scans to literally document that yeah. change because once I told myself what I needed to accomplish to be successful, I made the goal and I made the measurement criteria and I said, okay, this is starting point. And I know I need to be in these places and be able to do these things to be successful at this thing. So in health and fitness and just about anything in life, once you know what your end goal is, once you know where you're going and you know why you're going there and you make that commitment, because effectively those are the two things in a commitment. When you get married, you say, I do, but you're saying I do to the life that you want with this person. You're saying I do because I love this person and they deserve the happiness that I can give them and I deserve the happiness that they can give me. And so we enter into those commitments with this joy and with this dedication. And the way I like to say it is if your spouse needed to be at the airport at five o'clock in the morning, guess where you are at five o'clock in the morning? So if you love yourself and you need to be in the gym at five o'clock in the morning, you're in the gym at five o'clock in the morning. It's the same self-love. It's the same commitment. You have to be your own best friend. You have that relationship with yourself that's really made out of self-love. So I'm curious, when you started writing your book, like where were you in your business development journey? Like how long had you been a trainer? How much momentum did you have in your business? I had very little. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. So, what happened was I got noticed that we were outsourced in the department, and then I had to fly around the world and tell everybody that worked for me that we no longer had jobs as of December 31st. 
And so I finished that process. And and I'm I sorry, said, what year was that? 2017. Yeah, 2017. And long. so, no, no, no. But I sat down and I said, over the course of planning, it's like, okay, what's stage two? Because I'm not going back there. And so there were kind of three major things that I did. One was I wrote the book. And so I sat down and over the course of 2018, I wrote the book, ended up publishing it in November of 2008. So about 11 months, kind of a strange, that's about how long it took me to turn my health around. That's about how long it took for me to write a book. But I was committed to the process of writing a book and using that as a growth engine for my business. And it was, it has been. So that was the first stage. The second stage was looking at the cost structure that my corporate life had afforded me and realizing that was not necessarily a viable cost structure as a personal trainer slash author slash podcast host. So my wife and I moved to Bocas del Toro, Panama, where cost of living is lower Since we've moved here, we've bought a bed and breakfast. So there's another source of income. So I don't have to be 100% breadwinner. We do have a side business. For me, it's a side business. My wife, it's her main business, but we do have a small bed and breakfast that we run. And so that is a complete departure from where I was and the house I had on the beach in Pensacola Beach. But so there was that structure. And then the other was making some decisions about who I wanted to serve, who I wanted to help in my business. So you can't be everything to everybody. And if you try to write the everything book, nobody's going to read it because it's not going to resonate with the people. And so you've got to figure out, (laughs) you've got to find that one person you're writing the book for, you know, who is Oh, Listeners, I just have to pause (laughs) here. This is absolute gold, what Alan just gave you. And it is 100% correct. Write to one person. And you you know, right. And so you're writing emails, you're writing write for one person and write for the perfect person. Don't waste your time trying to be more than you should be. And you may think that that means you're not going to be huge. You're not going to be Stephen King or whoever else. And it's like, okay, maybe you will, but I can tell you Stephen King still writes for one person. And that one person happens to be emulated across the population large enough that it's a bestseller. And so if you're writing that way, when someone reads it or they're listening to the audiobook, then they're going to know you're talking to them. They're going to feel it. They're going to feel it's like, wow, you get me. <laughs> you know, you're using the words I use. They're going to chill just knowing that there's someone else out there who's telling a story that resonates with them and they're talking to them about and this I story. I have you speak a little bit too. How did you see that translate to your actual one-to-one coaching with your clients? Because I would imagine there would be some shifts there. From yeah, there are. So of course I do the podcast and it's just like we're doing here. I feel like I'm sitting on a couch with author that I'm interviewing and the person I'm talking to, and we're just having coffee and talking about their book. And so it's that natural of a conversation. And that's the way I went through and approached the book It's like, I'm writing this book for one person. And if one person reads it and changes their life, success. That's a successful book, okay? I changed one person. And what's happened from the book, from the podcast, is people will reach out to me and say, hey, Alan, I hear what you're saying and you're talking to me. Let's have a conversation about me working with you. And then so when I'm working with them, it's the same thing. I get on a Zoom call or a phone call with them and literally have a conversation. And it's, what do you really want and why do you really want it? And 
So that drives us having a relationship. And so I can't have thousands of relationships. I can have some. And so at any point in time, I can tell you the name of every one of my clients. I can usually tell you how many kids they have, often the names of their kids. I've never met any of these people face-to-face because I do my coaching online. But at the same time, we get on Zoom calls, we have conversations, they text me, they email me. I know when they're on vacation. I have one client, he's in St. Lucia right now. I said, I'm going to St. Lucia. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. When you get there, ask for the helicopter to take you over. You don't. You can get in a car and it's a cool drive, but I said, the helicopter will get you and it's a cool ride. He's like, I didn't know they had a helicopter. I'm like, yeah, that's where we did our honeymoon. And so when you're having, like I said, what does that have to do with fitness coaching or health coaching? And what it has is it's about relationship and everything valuable on this planet is relationship. Mm-hmm. If you really broke it down and said, every time I did something or had something or something wonderful was in my life, it related to relationship. My daughter being born, my daughter getting married, my daughter and I doing a Tough mutter, me writing a book and getting on the phone with someone who read my book or has listened to my podcast. And they say, you know, Alan, I listen to your podcast. I know everything about you. And you don't really even know me, do you? I'm like, not yet, but I'm just as curious to know you as you have been to know me. Yeah. And so I find it interesting. Your book is targeted to the 40 plus reader. And I think if we go back to this theme of today, which is reinvention or reinventing yourself, it seems like that is definitely a time in our lives where there's some reassessment, reevaluating, revisiting what we really want. Do you see that in your clients? And if so, how does that inform your training? Yeah. You know, for a lot of them, it is this transition period because their kids are old enough to, unfortunately, it feels like not need them anymore, but that's very (laughs) far from the truth. Your kids are always going to need them. But they're moving on. They're going to college or they're graduating college and it feels like they're moving on. There's weddings and there's this and that. And then it's like, okay, they're living their lives and raising their dogs. I'm living my life and raising my dog. And then you all now, because of the longevity of what's happening with the boomers and everything, we have our parents in many cases still alive. In a lot of cases, they are a future looking aspect of us. And you're like, wow. My mother has this issue. My father has that issue. They had a stroke or a heart attack or some dementia or, and you're looking at their health and you're like, am I going to be that? Is that my future? Okay. So you're in this position of, I feel a little unneeded and I know my parents are going to need me, but they're declining. And so you see that aging curve. And so for some people, that's very discouraging But I would look at that as an opportunity because you know what could be in front of you if you don't change some of your lifestyle things and you continue to live the way they lived, then you will probably get a very similar outcome. Genetics just kind of works like that. But your genetics don't define you. Your actions define you. And so if you start taking better care of yourself now, you can turn a lot of that around. You can slow the aging curve and make the last year's really great years versus decline in illness and sickness and not being able to take care of yourself. Because I saw that with my grandfather and it was heartbreaking. You know, He loved playing golf and he stopped playing golf at 80. He lived for another 15 years, but he lost his independence. 
because even when he lost his balance and he couldn't play golf, he didn't change anything. Mm. And so 15 more, what I would say were probably weren't his prime years. And then the last four or five, I didn't even get to see him because he didn't feel confident to have Mm. people around Mm. because he just couldn't take care of himself well enough. Yeah. Such a shame. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. That's the point. If you have another breath in you, you have an opportunity to improve. And so just taking an action today, today is going to be a big, big step starting you down the line of change. Yeah. Okay. So I have one more question for you. This has been great. I mean, this is such great wisdom that you've shared, and I hope it will be so inspiring to our listeners who might be, I think there's a lot of people, right, in the situation where you were, where they've had a career, they've had a certain level of success at their career, they are feeling like they want to change, but they don't know what that change is going to look like. And I just think your story is such a perfect example of following that those inklings and ending up by loving yourself, right? And taking actions based on that, ending up in such a wonderful new life that you've created for yourself and your family. So it's really great. Now the question is, and this is my signature <laughs> final question, is what did I not ask you that you would love to answer? That is a very interesting question. I appreciate you asking that. I usually give my guests at least some forewarning of my question, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, cool. I'm an ambusher. Put, yeah, put me on the spot. <laughs> if I had to say one thing is if you know you're not someone who will do this yourself, find ways to put the right things in front of you to make it happen, Okay accountability is a big, big deal for a lot of things that we struggle to get done. Asking for help, maybe the hardest thing you'll ever do will also be likely the most valuable thing you could do. So even as a personal trainer, I hire strength coaches. I hire coaches. I hired coach to help me with my writing. I've hired coaches to help me with my business. I've had coaches all around through my life. And Yeah, some of them, maybe not the best coach, but I knew I needed help and I wasn't afraid to ask. And I knew I needed accountability at many points in my life. So I wasn't afraid to ask. And so if you feel like you're struggling, ask for help. So few people want to do that. I knew I would struggle with a coach. At the time, they didn't have online coaches. And that that wasn't even a thing when I started doing it. I was like, there's no reason there shouldn't be someone out there that I could have called to say, hey, here's my gym. What should I do? Or, hey, here's where I'm going. And the food is very different from what I'm used to having at home. What's some advice you could give me to make sure that I eat properly on this trip? Because I made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) I made a ton of mistakes. And like I said, eight years. If I had been simple, I could have hired a coach. Then I would have gotten it done in a lot less time and probably even with a lot less money when you really break it down of how I approached all these things. Coaches will help you. And so don't be afraid to ask for help because that's going to get you the most bang for the buck. You'll get your results faster and you'll feel better about the output because you'll have someone there to validate what you're doing is the right thing to do. That is great advice. Great advice. And Alan, thank you once again for coming here and sharing your story. 
with us on The Author's Corner. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time. 